Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Like I said today, we are so honored you have joined us here this morning, and I'm going to be honest with you today, which I try to be honest with you all the time. It's a struggle to preach this morning. Um, kind of had a rough week, <laughs> and um, but we're gonna get through this because I, I I truly believe that the principle we're gonna talk about today is going to transform your life, transform your your mindset, the way you operate. Today we're gonna get a little practical today. Okay, this is probably not gonna be a you know, everybody running in the spirit kind of message, which I get. And that's why I, I guess it's uncomfortable for me because I can preach down the storm, all right? But today I want to, I wanna, as your pastor, kind of walk you through something that we all struggled with. We all struggled. And, and you know, as your pastor, I'm going to sit down because, number one, it is hot up here. And, um, and I just kind of want to have a conversation today because there's something that we, we all deal with on a regular basis. And if we don't manage this, this resource that God has given us, man, it's going to take us in places and, and, and us do things that we can imagine or even how God intended our life to be. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we started a series called, Can I Talk to Your Manager? Can I Talk to Your Manager? And we talked about this concept of this word called stewardship. Stewardship is, is not really, it's not really talked about in, in our culture because in our culture if we don't like something or we don't we don't like the way it's operating we just kind of get rid of it you know we always want the new you know we we, we're kind of going for the especially you know what I'm talking about you people that love iPhones right you people that love iPhones the the, the iPhone they have a new update or a new phone what every other you know Two days, and um, and 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 they change like the dimension of a camera, but everybody goes wild and spends thirteen hundred dollars, and then you wonder why you're broke. Because we want the new, because the old seems irrelevant, and we just throw it away. That's why it's so hard in marriages and friendships and relationships. It's easy for us to just get rid of it because we live in a culture where, hey, if it don't work, get rid of it. But stewardship is something different. Stewardship is saying, hey, I'm going to grind this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to work at it because I am entrusted with a certain thing, a certain resource that God has given me. And he, if, he, if he put it in my life, he's entrusted me with it, and I'm going to steward it well. See, in the Bible, if you, in, in the, 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 the biblical translation of stewardship, it's called managing Managing. So how do you manage your life? A couple weeks ago, we said, how do you manage this house? How do you manage your house? How do we invest? How do we do things? Because the one thing I know about uh, life is it, life, the things that we invest in matter. They matter to us. You know, I'm not going to put something, money to something if I don't really want it. You know, so investment matters in our life and what we put our our and, and it brings growth in our life stewardship it's so important and the question I ask for you can I talk to your manager I had a rough week this week we moved on Monday and um and the moving process you can sell your house super quick 
but it's like going through hoops and, and everything to get a house, okay, in, in, in where we live right now. And we were supposed to close on Thursday of two weeks ago, and um, I mean, we had everything set. The U-Haul was going. We, we had people of our church kind of helped us out. We had our, all of our clothes in boxes. You know, you're moving, right? So I'm at, the, I'm at the closing table. We're signing papers to our brand new house that God has entrusted us with, that God has given us to manage well. And we're, we signed every paper, and I'm sitting there waiting to receive the keys. <laughs> Because my blessing is around the corner. <laughs> All right? I'm waiting an hour. I'm waiting an hour and a half. Two hours pass, and I look at my realtor. I'm like, okay, wait up. What's going on? And they said, the lender has not sent the money over for your house. They got my deposit. They got everything. But the lender... Did he pay the bill? I'm like, wait a hold up. You're telling me that I just signed papers and you don't have the money. And they said, yeah. And you know how everything goes. Everything's debt to income ratio, messed up everything and everything. There was this thing that they forgot to put in the loan and it messed up everything. And we had to start the process all over again. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're homeless. <laughs> We're homeless, staying at, staying at you know, you, you, I'm Puerto Rican, so we have family everywhere. So I stood at my aunt's house. You know, we ate good for, the, for four days straight. But then I'm like, I want to be home. I want to be home. Then finally Monday, we got to close on our house, got the keys. But it was stressful. It was stressful. But in that process, there was a time where I got so irritated. You know what I said? Hey, I ain't talking to you anymore. Let me talk to your manager because the person that was handling my 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 stuff had just enough authority but couldn't get me across the finish line so guess what your pastor being unholy how he is got on the phone and I got to the CEO of the lending company I went up the ladder I didn't even go to a manager I said let me talk to the managers of the managers, okay? And my wife is a, she's, she's very, she's, she should be a detective, okay? Because she knows how to get into Instagrams and finds everybody, okay? You know those kind of people? And she found the man. So I called him. I said, sir, you told me to go to a signing table, and I was nice. I need to get into this house. So we had to do certain things and everything, but his authority got me farther because he was a manager and his authority was a little bit different. See, God has gifted all of us of managing our life and nobody can tell you, nobody can give the authority in your life that you have. See, God has entrusted you. If he didn't want you to be alive, guess what? You wouldn't be alive. He says he gives and he takes away. So if you are breathing right now, you have purpose in your heart, and you need to manage your life in a way that God has entrusted us to manage. See, today we're going to talk about, and uh, let's close the doors real fast before I say the title, okay? We're going to talk about your money. <laughs> close the doors. See, everybody loves to come to church when we talk about 
the goodness of God. When we talk about revival. But the, the Bible clearly talks about, and if you see me sweating, I am sweating. That thing is shining on me, okay? So don't judge me, okay? The Bible talks about money. Is the second biggest topic in the Bible. Over 800 times the, the Bible talks about money. And it talks about money clearly because we understand that money is revolved around everything in our life. And if we don't know how to manage it well, guess what? It's going to manage us well. Let me say that again. If we don't know how to manage the resource that God has given us, it's going to manage us. See, it, it, it clearly says, here's why people do not like to talk about money especially in the church. And I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Number one, the reason why they don't like to talk about money, because it's been abused. It's been abused. Not only personally, but corporation and the church, it's been abused. People, humans have abused money because the reality is if you don't know how to handle money, money's going to handle you. So you know a strong person, you know know when somebody kind of, let the enemy come into their life is when their money goes a little crazy. I mean, it's just reality. I know pastors and pastors that are great people, but they let the paper dictate their purpose. They let the paper, money, dictate their purpose. See, we, we, we're, we are building a culture now that if you don't chase the dollar, you're not relevant. But in reality, we need to chase God, and then the resources come. That's what the Bible says. So when we put, we, we put our emphasis on the resource and not the source, we are messed up, jacked up, and your life is going to be chaotic. And that's just the reality. And another reason why people don't like to talk about money is, number two, money is really attributed to your heart. It's quiet in here today. Money really doesn't have to do with a a value. Actually, money is attributed to your heart condition towards God. It's clear in the Bible how it says this. But we need to know that if we steward this thing, this resource well, there is promises attached to our stewardship of our resources. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 says it like this. And he said to them, take care and be guard against covetousness. For one, for one life does not consist of abundance of his possessions. Luke chapter 12, chapter 15, um, 12, 15 says, and then they said to them, watch out, exclamation point. You know, when they, you know those people that, that text all the time and they put an exclamation point on everything? That's me. All right. This is what they're saying. He said, watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not exist in abundance of possession. Here's one of the sins that people don't know that they're even operating in. But a lot of people are operating in this sin. It's called greed. Greed is one of those things that they're not. It's not really like visible, you know. Greed is one of these things that just creep in, and sometimes you don't know it's there until you find out, you, you face yourself in the mirror. Greed is a sin. 
It, it, it's a sin. And if we don't know how to, to take care of that, man, it, it will take care of us. Because here's the thing I know about this. We have to live a life, God tells us to live a life of generosity. Generosity when it comes to our finances and our money. Why? It's not because God wants your money, because he, he, he has it all. God knows that when you are, when, when your money doesn't rule you, you live a different life. See, here's the thing. This is what generosity does for the sin of greed. Generosity, number one, it starves greed. It starves greed. When you're dealing with a sinful, let's say you're dealing with, with, uh, with uh, drinking, and that's a struggle for you, okay? One thing you do to get away from the drinking habit is what? Stop drinking or don't go around people. You know, you have to starve that sin to kind of better yourself. You know, can't hang around with those people, you know, get, get around it. You know, how do you, how do you starve greed? You starve greed with generosity. You starve greed with generosity. Generosity starves greed. Generosity aligns our heart with the Father. Generosity aligns our heart. Generosity also forces mindset changes of how we look at things and how we see our resources that God has given us. So you know, do you know that generosity and giving and your money is attributed to the grace of God? I'm going to show you clearly in this scripture today. I'm going to break it down for you. We're just kind of doing a little teaching session today about your finance. Because I know when you get your money aligned with his heart, when you get your money aligned with the, the promises and the truth of God's will, money, it, it, we look at life a little differently. Because we have to live a life of peace and love. But if we're so worried about the paper, how can we tribute and how can we live life in love? And looking for others. I'm going to break this down for you real fast. See, the grace of God, when you hear the grace, grace, God's grace, it's usually attributed to this, this definition, the unmerited favor of God. You hear that in church all the time? You know, in church, if you've been more, the grace of God, which is, man, I love the grace of God. How, where would we be without the grace of God? The favor of God. When we don't deserve it, we couldn't earn it. He went on that cross willingly for our life, for our sins. He took it on his back. It's the grace of God that breaks the yoke of everything in our life. It's his grace. It's unmerited favor. But also, there's another translation of grace in the Bible. And the other translation of grace is this. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit through gifts. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit through gifts that he gives us. So here in 2 Corinthians, if you have your Bible, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 through 8. And I'm going to kind of break this down for you real quick. Because here is a, a clear indication of how God views money and how, God, how, how we need to operate through this resource that he has entrusted us with to manage well, I'm going to read here, and then we're going to kind of break it down here in just a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 through 8 says it like this. Can I get a paper towel or something? I am sweating up here. All right? It says it like this. And now, brothers and sisters, we want, to, we want you to know about the grace. Everybody say grace. 
about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up with rich generosity. For I testified that they gave us much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely their own, and urgently pleaded with us the privilege of sharing in the service of the of Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. Say exceeded expectations. Okay. I was just saying if you're awake. And they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to what God, all God also. Thank you. And um, so we urged Titus, just as he had early to the beginning, to bring this grace to completion. In verse 7, it ends like this. And since you excelled in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and complete earnestness of love and kindled you, also excel in the grace of giving. See, that grace right there is not talking about the unmerited favor of God. It's talking about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to use the gift of giving as a grace. As a grace. See, there's a couple things we need to know about this scripture number, in, in this verse. Number one, this grace that God, a grace of giving comes for a people group. It is for a people group. It says in verse 1, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to have the grace of God was given to the Macedonian church. See, it was the empowerment of this Holy Spirit of grace came upon a people group. I prophesy and I pray today that this grace of giving pours out here at Axios Church. I, I pray, I prophesy that today that we learn about our resources that God entrusted and God blesses us with this grace here on this people group. Not only here, I pray that the grace of God through this also pours out onto your family and to the generations and the generations. It's the grace of giving. It breaks everything in our life. It comes of, of, of a people group that we have no lack in our life. I'm here to declare that when we put our money in its place, God's grace is going to enlarge our territory in our thoughts and in our actions. Because money is attached to our heart. It's attached to our Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> verse 19 says this, and my God will supply every need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Let me break this verse down. This is so good. It says, my God will supply. So he's the supplier, right? He will supply every need according. We don't like that word right there because I want it according to my will. I want it according to my time. I want it according to what? If I put $100 in, God, I expect $100 back according to me. But what, what does it say? According to his glory in Christ Jesus. See, thinking of money, you have to think it as through the lens of the Bible, not through the lens of culture. Because it can really mess up our mindsets in, in our life. See, it was on the people group. Number two, out of hardship, they are rich. 
out of the hardship there is. Let's read that verse. In the midst of very severe trials, it could be a pandemic. It can be a job loss. It can be something, a severe trial. It said through that severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty, they were rich with generosity. There's some words there that really don't flow for me, that don't fit in sentences together. Number one, joy. Number one, poverty. Number one, generosity. You don't see those in sentences a lot. But here it says that they're through the trial that they were in, through the hardship that they were in, their overflowing joy, and through their extreme poverty, they were rich in generosity. How do you do that? How does that happen? How does those words mix up? Was when you align money and where it goes in its place, you say, it's not my master. I don't live with a, a clenched fist. I live with an open hand. I give out of a pure heart. And their joy was not in the money. Their joy was in God and what we can do for his kingdom. Hebrew chapter 13 verse 5 says, keep and in and, and your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have and says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We like the end of that verse. We say it all the time. God said, I will never leave you. Ha! Forsake you. Ha! But do you know that that verse is attached to him talking about money? Because the money, the, the resource is always attached to a promise. Here's, the, here's his command. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. That's what you need to do. And when you operate in that, this is the promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We have to know that our obedience and our stewardship is attached to a God's promise that he has for us. He would never just throw us to the wolves. No, he says, hey, when you're obedient with the principles I give in my word, man, I'm there with you. I would never leave you. Yeah, you might not be living in a rich house in the middle of Lake Hollingsworth, but guess what? I will supply all your needs. I will be there. It's a promise attached to it. Because here's the thing. It's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And I pray today that God exceeds our expectations when it comes to us uh, with the concept of money. And we, and we pray a prayer that the prayer of Jabez says. He says this, that God, that you will increase, that you will enlarge my territory. That you will enlarge my territory. And when Jabez, he, he prayed that, that ridiculous prayer, God, enlarge my territory. God granted it because not because he, because he was obedient to what God's call in his life. And when we are free in this mindset, giving is not an obligation. Giving is through love for what he's done in my life. And if he talks about it, we need to operate it. Because I know this, if God gives us the grace to give, he also gives us the grace to receive. If God gives you the grace to give, he also gives you the grace to receive. It, it's, an, it's, it's a promise. And we talk about it in the, all the time in church. It's called the seed, the time, and the harvest. 
I like the harvest. Let's be honest. Can we be honest? I'm sitting down today. We love the harvest. We are okay with the time, but we hate to plant the seed. The seed is the hardest part because it takes work from you. But you can never receive the harvest without planting the seed. And there's people that are operating and are mad with God. God, why this? Why that? You never planted the seed. Or people plant the seed and then they get mad with the season and they take their seed out. Your seed can never produce harvest without soil. You, you want to reap your harvest, plant your seed in good soil. Because that's the only way that you're going to get the harvest. But then there's this thing in the middle called time. <laughs> that's where we struggle with. Our job is to plant the seed. His job is the time and the harvest. But what we do at times is with our resources and our money is we say, God, Here's my $10. I expect, because <laughs> we have the authority Jesus had given me. But authority comes with responsibility as well. We plant, and our job is to plant and trust with faith that at the right time, we will reap the harvest. And sometimes the harvest is not attached to a denomination or a, 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 a amount of money. Maybe the harvest is your health. Because you got to look at God's blessings. In the church world, we have tied God's blessings to money. And that's not blessing. I mean, it's great, <laughs> you know. I've heard so many uh, testimonies of when people gave, a, a, you know, something and out of nowhere, you know, Groceries were in, in their front yard or like a check came in in the mail. And those are all blessings. But when we only attach God's blessings to money, we're really not operating in God's promises. Because matter of fact, if we only attach God's blessings to money, we're putting God in a box and say, hey, God, you give me when you give me. Because God's blessings so much more. It's so much more. Maybe the blessing of a seed that you put in now, you won't even reap that harvest. Maybe your daughter's son of sons, maybe in generations they'll reap that harvest. But it's our job to still plant the seed. And the seed comes with the faithfulness, not an ob obligation, but our faith in God. I'm planting the seed, and I'm not trusting that you just give it to me now, but I know you still will never leave me nor forsake me. It's a different mindset. And I know it's an unorthodox mindset to have when it comes to our money because you even see commercials. I want my money and I want it now. We are throwing money all over the place. And you can be rich on TikTok all day. You can be a realtor, a banker. But then when you try, you're like, wait, ho, oh, there's some grind to this. <laughs> because you can't live in other people's blessings. God wants to bless you the way he wants to bless you. And when we do that, we attach our blessings to somebody else's blessing, and we just live a life of comparison. And the only person that loses is you. It's a, it's a mindset of our finances and our resources. 
And let me tell you this. You don't give to a pastor here at Axios Church. You, you don't give to an organization. You don't give. We don't look at the top 5% and then they, they're the most special ones. Listen, you give, you don't give. I don't care. I have faith in God that he's going to provide for this church. But he can also use you and your obedience and your generosity to do so much more for our, for our, for our kids, for our kids' ministry, for our community, for, for missions. He uses people through our research that he entrusted us to sow in a seed for us to see the harvest that he has for this community. He uses people like us. It's not out of obligation. It's a heart of generosity that he birthed in us. Number three, or number four, I think I skipped one. Number, number three is this. I want to, not I need to. Because there was this crazy part of this verse that, number one, I don't get it, and I don't like it. I don't like it. It says this. They urgently, they, they urgently, okay, first they gave out of their poverty, right? There was a kind of joy, a different kind of joy through the Holy Spirit of grace, that grace that God's given us. It was through their poverty that they were rich. But then it said, not only did they get through their poverty and they were rich, it said in the next verse, they urgently pleaded with us the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord's people. When was the last time you pleaded to give? I'll wait. When was the last time you urgently pleaded, please let me give? I know I haven't. I'm, I'm not holy. Because <laughs> sometimes when it comes to offering, I'm like, oh, God, here it is. You know why? Because it's been abused and it's attached to your heart. You know those people? I don't like giving. That's an Old Testament thing. <laughs> and we live in the New Testament, and we're part of grace. You can't pick and choose what promise of God you want to operate in. Because those are the same people that they love the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Give you a future and a hope. We like that, Jacoby, right? God, oh, I know you gave me a future and we run. We shout. God, you give me a future and a hope. But then we don't like Malachi where it says bring all the store, bring all the tithe to the storehouse. You can't pick and choose what you want. That's the promise. That's the, that's the promise. Because that's what we do at church all the time. Oh, I like this for my life only. But that part of the Bible, no. I, I, I like this one when it talks about prospering me. I can shout that thing down. I can go wave my, yes, Lord. I can read that verse a lot. But then when, it, when a verse challenges me to grow, no, 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 no. I can't do that. And it always comes when it comes to money. You know, you know, everybody checks out when it comes to offering time. They're like, offering time has turned into Instagram time. Because it's attached to our heart and it's been abused. And I get it. 
But that doesn't mean that there's still not a promise operating through the word of God for you. And if we're not operating in the promises that God has given us, you are living just a half abundant life. When God has told us that he wants to give us life to the fullest. But you want life to the fullest, you got to operate in obedience and through his promises. And sometimes that is attached to that paper. I'm done, Jacoby. Get up here. The last thing is said they excelled in generosity. They excelled in generosity. They said, but since you excelled in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness with love, let you also excel in the grace of giving. He basically said, hey, I know you're a good singer and you better sing that note. I know you're great at kids ministry, so go, go ahead, do that thing. I know that you love missions and you love everything. And I, I, that's great. I want you to excel in that thing, but I also want you to excel in giving. You ever, you ever heard this kind of way of looking at money? Because I didn't. All I hear of sometimes is you, you give pressed down. You know, they're sweating, shaking together, and running over. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And that's all great. But it hurts to give sometimes. When, when, when I don't see when I see my bank account, I don't know how I'm going to give. But I'm here to tell you, we give not an obligation. We give out of a heart posture of worship to God. And this is not me. Listen, anything I'm saying, I'm just giving you word. Listen, I don't like it sometimes. But his word is to sharp, a sharp-edged sword to penetrate everything, to 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 change us from the inside out. I know it's not a sexy message, but I'm here to tell you it's a relevant message that you need in your life. Because when money rules you, it's an ugly thing. But when we rule over our finances and God is in the middle of our life, we don't live life as a hoarder. We live life as a giver because I know my God is a giver. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he what? Gave. He gave his best, his only son, for us. So we can't skip over this hot topic of giving or of money because it's important to our walk with Christ. And once we get a hold of that, and God's promises and a different kind of blessing comes into our life. Because these people weren't rich people. The Macedonian church were not rich people. But through their the obedience and trusting God all the way through, it said that they were extremely rich. And I, could, I, I gotta look at translation, but I don't think they're extremely rich with really possessions. Because it didn't say like when they gave their whole town became rich. It is said they were rich in other things. Their time, their energy, but also through their giving as well. Is the seed, is the time, it's the harvest. 
there's a progression to our giving. So here's the thing. I'm going to give you practical ways. Write these things down if you need to and, and, and embed it in your soul, okay? If we want this grace of giving, he, and we know how to, we want to manage our money well, here are three principles that God says you can put your money to. There's so much more, but we, we just got to deal with these three right now. The first thing that the Bible says, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Let me give you a disclaimer. Don't shoot me. I didn't say these things, okay? You want to give, give. You don't want to give, don't give, but just know you can't operate in the grace of giving without the, uh, with the, without the sacrifice of giving. It just goes hand in hand. So we're not going to be a church of like, listen, if you don't give, we're, the lights are still going to be on because we trust God. That's just the reality. But if you give, man, the church can go so much more or, and, and God can operate so many ways in your life because giving is attached to our heart. Here's some things that you can do practically through your giving as the Bible says. Number one, it is, uh, number one is obviously tithing. Here we go. He's one of them, one of them pastors. Again, you can't pick and choose because it's Old Testament old and New Testament. God's word is God's word. God was great in the Old Testament. He was great in the New Testament. And if you don't want to operate in the whole Bible, guess what? This is not the church for you. We believe the whole thing. Yeah, we live in grace because the cross. But we also see the principles that he used in the Old Testament as well. And one of those things is tithing. Tithing is important to your life. And if, we're, if you're not operating it, you're missing a promise God has given you. You're missing a promise attached to your life. Tithing came from Abraham's time and all the way. It's, it's a 10% of the harvest in the storehouse. And Malachi says it like this. Bring all the tithe to the storehouse that there will be food for in my house. And he said this. This is one of the verses he said. Hey, he said, test me. He said, test me. When you are obedient, again, remember, God's, God's uh, orders for us are always attached to a promise for he has for us, right? So here he said, the order is this. Bring the tithe to the storehouse that I may have food in my house. Here's the promise. He said, test me. When you do this, test me that I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour so much blessing that you will not have room for it to be stored it's a capacity issue you can live life as this rubber band and be great but it said that these people this Macedonian church they stretch their mindset to give and when you stretch you can receive more grace in let me say that again because you are sleeping right now you can live life this, and you still get the grace of God, and you still get this grace in the giving and everything. You, you, you were, you, God is still good. But when you stretch, there's more capacity for more grace. And if he got grace to give, you have grace to receive. And tithing is one of those ways. It's, it, it's a principle that God has given us to operate in. It's not about the money is about the heart. Number two, a practical way that you can use your resources because we're trying to starve greed in our life. Number two is offering. That's above the tithe. Here we go. But it's a principle that God's given us. It said that they stretched. It said that they, this 
poverty, this, this church of poverty stretched so much, it exceeded their expectation. And sometimes God is telling us to give and we need to be obedient to that and to stretch our capacity. And here's the thing I know this. Here's another way. Number three is to helping others. See, when we live life with a tight grip, it's not, it's so hard to give when we see needs. And there's people that need you. Why don't you pay for that co-worker's meal that day? Yeah, it might be a stretch for you, but it's a blessing for them. See, God uses our resources not only for his house, not only for your house, but to help others as well. That's missions, that's outreach, that's giving to the poor. I love my mother in so many ways. She just moved in with me, all right? Pray for your boy, all right? But my mom taught me something that I, I, I don't operate in a lot, but she does. She always has money aside in her car for they see a homeless person or something. She always gives them something. She was even mad the other day because we switched. We had to get her a new car that we didn't put her money in the glove compartment. And she saw somebody in need and she couldn't give. For me, I'm the kind of person like, well, where they're taking their money? Oh, where they're going to Oh, I'll give you some food. You know, I'm that kind of person. You know, like, well, I'm the kind, I, will t- I will take you to the restaurant and you get food. You know, that's me. But my mom is different. She's like, all my job is to give. And there's no lack in this lady's life. Not only in monetary things, but in love, in grace, and in everything. Because she's operating in the generosity and the grace of giving is attributed to a heart. Those are practical ways, tithing, offering, giving to others. Those are ways we can use God's resource that he trusted us and manage it well for the kingdom of God. Let's Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.